So we continue with the series in Colossians. And um, last week I, I started off by drawing our attention to the parable of the sower. And uh, the parable of the sower in, chapter, in Matthew chapter 13 talked about the different soils that this seed lands on. And the idea was that God's will for our lives is that the seed lands in good soil and it gives fruit. And um, what I'm trying to do is trying to explain and, 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 and develop our thoughts about the book of Colossians in the light of the um, parable of the sower. And last week I started with the question, are you ready to grow? Uh, this week, as kind of a sub-question for that, if we're ask, asking that question is, what are some of the things that you are thankful to God for Cairns Road Baptist Church? And that's what we're going to talk a little bit today. Um, so, as I've been preparing for this book, actually, let's, let's pray. So, Lord, we say you are the good shepherd and you lead us to the places that nurture and comfort and give us life. Thank you for the privilege of your words. Thank you for this opportunity that we have, Lord, to ponder on what you have to say to us. So, Lord, I pray that you will take my preparation, my thoughts, and, yeah, do something with that, Lord. And as we hear your word, we pray that the focus is going to be in what you're saying rather than what I think. Come and help us to grow. In Jesus' name, amen. As, as we've been looking at, at, at this, uh, started looking at the series, I used last week an illustration that um, anti writers uses, that when we look at the book of Colossians, it's like unfolding of a flower. And I think this is the kind of the analogy that we're going to be using. And I was trying to think, what will be a good prop to, to, to kind of give us an idea of the unfolding. And um, the only thing that I could think Im immediately was going to buy some expensive blossoming or blooming teas, the ones that actually you, you put them, for those of you who thought somebody had left the coffee pot here by accident, this is for the prod. So the idea is that you put boiling water and then you just let it and then in the meantime this is going to unfold slowly and let's hope what kind of flower it becomes but this is the idea that, that when, when we talk about 
Can you all see it? Colin, I'll not make you drink this tea. It's only English tea, I know. But, but the idea is that, that Paul wants to, to go and explain to us the beauty of what it means to grow in Christ, the beauty of what it means to be in Christ, and is going to unfold it. And he's going to start by approaching and by, by addressing the Colossians with, 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 with some good words here. And uh, just as I said to, to, to you, he's going to, to really affirm that, that they are good soil. Could I have this slide of the soil, uh, the four soils? Sorry, I'm confusing it for you. The next one, please. Yeah. So, basically, what Paul is trying to do in Colossians is that he's wanting to say that actually he is approving of their discipleship. You read the whole letter, he's going to talk about that very clearly, and he's going to encourage growth. And then, uh, as we said, he's going to evaluate the spiritual climate and be, be aware of the chief thief and just warn them that Jesus is not just to be downplayed as it has been um, downplayed so far in Colossae and all over the, 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 the country. And then uh, warn them of the clutter that actually that their, their, their identity should be only in Christ and only in Him. So what we're going to be doing today, we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 to 8. But I'm going to read, to read the whole, um, well, from the beginning of the letter so we get a picture. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the holy and the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, in Colossae, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints, the faith and the love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven, and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. So as we look at the unfolding Colossians, we're going to be thinking about gratitude and thankfulness today. And it's very interesting how, how Paul really addresses them. And it says, the seed of the gospel of Jesus has landed on good soil because you are doing this, 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 and this. Uh, I said it briefly earlier on, but the, the, the church in Colossae is, is not planted by Paul, actually. It's believed to be planted by Epaphras. 
So, so in one sense, Epaphras has received the, the good news of the gospel, and he has gone to, to this little town. I mean, when we talk about the size of the town, again, there's not a lot going on in this town because all the attention and all the, all the, the growth and stuff has been taken, like the, the, the development and stuff, have been taken from the neighboring cities. So one of them is Laodicea. So they have taken all the economical kind of boost and stuff. So, so when we talk about Colossae, it's really um, a, a normal little town which has been really blessed by the gospel of Jesus. And there is a little community there of faithful believers who are just living their lives for God. And isn't it interesting that even, even when it comes to Paul's heart, that he himself is not looking only for the big and the grandeur, but even for small communities by addressing them and trying to to bring them, to encourage them for growth. I think this is fascinating for, to see it from the heart of an apostle. So, so he's, he's really thankful to God about this. Paul thanking God. Now, from what has been going on in the week, and especially on Friday, talking about thankfulness is not my first subject that I would go on and say, let's, let's talk about that. The, the, only, the only thing that comforts me is that Paul is not theorize, theorizing about thankfulness. He himself is writing this letter from prison. He's in shackles. Just, I just wonder how much the impact of God's grace had in Paul to, to make him a sort of disciple that gratitude was naturally by default and it was not something that he was taught or something that was trying to, to be guided to say I know that um, when, when we are with our kids, when they get given something and they, they forget about saying thank you, we say, what do you say? And then they say, thank you. So it's, it's, it's that kind of... And so, so the, 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 what we see here is not just that Paul is being polite, but it's something that is bigger there that he has met with God in a special way. And when he looks at the way that the outworking of this gospel, he's just grateful to see God's kingdom move forward. So, Paul thanking God, what I've said here, I suggest that actually it's, it's an, a natural heart posture, regardless of the circumstance, which is really tough. A hard posture, regardless of the circumstance. So we're not saying thank you just for the sake of saying thank you, 
but we're saying thank you from that place that we're trusting God regardless of where we are. We're saying thank you because we're seeing that actually his kingdom is coming. And for Paul in shackles, he wants also to do, to model something that actually people can, can follow in his caring and attentiveness. Look for the things that he's looking for, the, for, the groups of, for the, this group of disciples in Colossae. He points their faith, he points their love, he points out their hope, and also he points out that not only he has heard this information, but he has asked about them. So it's, 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 it's really connected. So there is, there is a model here to look for the things of how God's kingdom is working out in our midst, in their midst. And I think <clears throat> surrounded by, as I said, a world that nothing is certain, it's very easy to get distracted and look at the negatives. And for the last three or four weeks, I have stopped as I've been prepared and said, what are the things that I am thankful to God for Cairns Road. And I've never done that exercise before. And it's been very interesting how, how God has, has shaped my heart, just not to look at being critical, but just being thankful to what God has been doing in our midst. And the third thing about Paul's thankfulness is that he is sizing, is it sizing? Seizing the opportunity Sorry, he's seizing the opportunity to encourage and nurture growth. So he's making statements for a church that he has not planted just to give life. Give life. I've heard of your faith. I've heard of your love. I've heard of your hope. I've heard of you being in full Connection with the Holy Spirit. What an amazing opportunity to start writing a letter. And lastly, this is a significant feature of someone who is walking in faith, love, through hope himself. Again, He's not theorizing it. This comes with a package. Having a thankful heart comes with a package of being a follower of Jesus, of being somebody who is enjoying and is embracing faith when it's tough, love when actually it's very difficult, and hope for something that is really going to come in the future. I said to you, I have, I've looked at the ways that I wanted to to, to bless you guys and things that I am grateful to God for you. So I've written a few. I've written seven. By the way, this is unfolding. It's a flower. I don't know what flower it is, but it's a flower. So I've written seven things there, and when, when I've written these things, I really mean them, that I'm really grateful to God uh, for. So we joke about this, but 
Cairns Road has been in Bristol for three, three, over 350 years. And I am grateful for this opportunity that this church through the centuries has had to witness and to be the usher of God's kingdom. And we are part of that baton that has been, been passed to the generations. I'm really grateful to God uh, for that. The other thing that I'm very grateful to God is that in my conversations, in the way that I, I engage with you, I see that you all are striving to honor God. And some of you have had a, a very difficult path, but still, I, I really, I'm really encouraged and I'm really inspired that there is this striving to honor and love God in your everyday lives. And I mean that. The other thing that I'm really grateful to God for is that I see a desire here at Cairns Road for us to engage with God. And I, I want to say more of that, Lord, but I do see that in desire, even though it is tough. Because being a disciple of Jesus is tough, and it's the choices that we make. But I see the desire, and I want to, to, to really um, bless you for that. Um, the other thing is that you have experienced God's generosity, and you have responded to that generosity of God in giving yourselves time, money, efforts, expertise for God's kingdom. And I'm really grateful to God for that. I'm grateful also that there is a very strong sense of family. There is a strong sense of friendship that actually it's marked by the love of God. And I really wanted to affirm you in that. I notice, and in our conversations, and I've seen it, that also as a church, as a church family, Cairns Road is very loyal to mission partners. Those that are present, those that have been passed, um, and I'm sure those that God puts into our path for the future. But there is this sense of loyalty, and God bless you for that. And also, lastly, it's that I do see that there is a hope in Jesus that you have for this broken world, for our broken communities, for our families, for our neighbors. And I think it's, it's great to be part of a church family who does that. I, I, I can say more, but I think these are the things that I was able to note last night from my notes, saying these are the things that... Um, I'm going to put these notes on the website and the church um, email um, and also on the discipleship group leaders so you can have a look at it um, in your spare time. But what are the things that Paul is grateful for Colossians? There are three things. Faith, love, and hope. And when he's talking about faith here, he's saying... We have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. And it's so important because he's saying faith in Christ Jesus. This is not just 
a religious statement that people do. This faith is in Christ Jesus. And again, I've just said more than mental assent to truth, not just a religious belief. This faith is in Christ Jesus. And how important it is to, 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 to state this in a group, in a community of believers where actually they're bombarded with all the kind of religious statements and stuff that everything is all right. And yet, they have endured to be faithful and have faith in Christ Jesus. I was reading an article two weeks ago that um, uh, writing to, to um, leaders and saying that actually in our discipleship making, we're looking for disciples who are not just mere believers to facts, but we're looking for disciples who are swept by the grace and the love of Jesus, and they've got their faith strongly anchored in Christ. And I think this is, this is the idea. I, I could resonate it as I was, I was making, that actually it's so important that they keep their faith in Christ. The, the other thing there is very clearly is that, that they have, he's heard about also the love that you have for all the saints. It's very interesting how this love is inclusive. So it's not only with the people that we like, but it's love for all the saints. And then unless grace is part of this kind of community, then this love is just fake then. So these guys have been swept by God's grace. These guys have been, have been really encountered God's grace. So in one sense, that they're not being uh, picky and choosy about the people that they love. But actually, the Bible says, Paul writes to them and says, for the love that you have for all the saints. What a great statement. And he is bringing that before God because he's saying that this is the outworking of the gospel. That their faith in Christ is strong, their love for one another is, is costly, is sacrificial, but they're doing it. And then the element of hope, which is the powerful motivation for this constant faith and costly love. And it's not just the, 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 as I said, the hope about wishful thinking. This is the hope of something that is certain about something that is going to happen in the future when they see God face to face. So Paul is thankful to God for this. And he, he knows that, that the seed of the gospel of Jesus, the seed of the kingdom, the seed of this good news of Jesus transforming lives has landed on good soil. And he's not going to hold back, but just give life. Verse five onwards, the faith and the love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven, 
that you have already heard about it in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace. Going back to the um, parable of the sower, we said the issue was not the quality of the seed. The issue was the quality of the soil. And when Jesus expands and explains about the quality of the soil, the seed that has landed in the good soil is not only the, the soil that has heard about the gospel, but has also understood it. And it's important that we know that Paul says that as well, that not only you've heard about it, but you have understood God's grace. This is amazing. Because actually, Colossians, what is he saying to them is, Colossians, this is nothing about what you have done. This is only about what the gospel has done for you. And just embrace that life-giving gospel. Because it's not only happening in Colossae, but it's happening all over the world. Because this message of the gospel has been entrusted now to the disciples to go and make other disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and to teach them everything that Jesus has commanded them. So in one sense, I don't know if you realize here, Paul is also stating that actually his ministry in the gospel is not an empty word and it's not a waste of time because him being a minister and delivering the good news of Jesus is having fruit and people in Colossae are responding and also people in other parts of the world and that has been the case for 2,000 years onwards. So I've done my exercise, I go back to the initial question, and I'd like for you to really not think hard about it, but go before God about this, and say, what are the things that you are thankful for, Cairns Road? What are the things that you are thankful for to God for Cairns Road? What are the things that you're thankful for that are marked by the outworking of the gospel of Jesus that you are thankful for? It will be very helpful to have some feedback. So if you want it, please drop me a line, come and grab me. Uh, but I want to hear, because those are the things that we're going to work on for growth. Those are the things that we're going to speak life and bring life and allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to help us to grow. The marks of the gospel. Well, it's working. Paul is saying it's working. The last slide that I've got here is that God has chosen in the past to speak to us through the prophets. And now he has revealed himself to us through his Son. And the Son has got only one message. Follow me. Follow my gospel. 
embrace my teaching, embrace my life-giving ministry. So, God, again, is at work through the gospel, not only for the time that Paul is writing the letter to Colossae, but this is the case now, as I've said several times, throughout these 2,000 years. So the gospel is an, an, an announcement. And when, when, we, when, when you have an announcement, it's not just news. It's an announcement. We're filled out. We, we, we are overstretched with binge information about bad news and sad news and what have you. And the media does a very good job with that. And we are all engaging with the media. The gospel is an announcement of good news, not good information. And the key here to this announcement, as I've said, is that the truth of the content, the key here is to respond to the truth that if Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him, that's the gospel. And the response is for us to say, if Jesus is saying he is the truth, then what are we doing to embrace the truth? If Jesus is saying he is the way, then what are we going to follow, doing to follow the way? If Jesus is saying he is the life, then what are we doing to embrace the life? The gospel is an announcement. And the key to this announcement is the truth of its content. The gospel is a sign of obedience. Paul knows this firsthand himself. He talks about it at Romans several times about obeying Christ. Soul, soul, why are you persecuting me? And the road to Emmaus, Acts chapter 9. It's an act of obedience that actually it's not anymore me, but it's Christ in me. That's the gospel. And God is at work through that. And thirdly and lastly, the gospel is an untamable power. And this is not up to the persuasion or the conviction of the person who delivers it. This is the power of God unto salvation for whoever believes. And God is going to choose to be at work with his reconciliation with this broken world through the gospel. And he writes, says, God is doing through the gospel what he always intended to do. He's sowing good seeds in the world and preparing to reap a harvest of human lives, recreated to reflect his glory. The Colossians have got it. You guys have got it. And we just pray that out of this opportunity that God has given us to go through the book of Colossians, that today, as we look at thankfulness, and as we look at the outworking of the gospel, that we know that we are on the right track.